Hi, everyone. This is Tanner here, and welcome back to another episode of the Man to Man Coach Podcast. I have my good friend and co-host Mason with me. What's up, guys? Mason, how are you doing this Wednesday morning? Pretty solid. Great, great start to the morning, as always. <laughs> yep. Um, the Cardinals won, the Ravens won, so I'm happy. Great games. Overall, pretty fun week of football, I would say. Um, and we're about midway through the season, so... We have some interesting topics to talk about. We are going to have who our MVP is of the league, but I also want to talk about of how we would fix teams with losing records. Basically, this is going to be the first segment is we each pick three teams who have a losing record. So I picked the Colts, Seahawks, Panthers, and then Mason. Who did you pick? I picked the uh, Vikings, 49ers, and Giants. I want to each talk about one free agent signing, one trade, and one draft pick we would make if we were the organization. I think this is something cool to talk about what, about the midway point in the season, um, kind of where some of these teams are at and how we can help them. Um, the NFL is all over the place with great teams and bad teams. It's kind of a huge mix. So I thought this would be interesting to talk about. So I'm going to start here with the first team. For, with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Colts do have a losing record, but I still think that they are a team that has a lot of talent and potential. I just think they're a couple steps away from the Super Bowl, so I'm going to help them with that. The free agent signing I would make is signing current wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams. It is pretty much expected that Adams is going to hit the market this offseason. Um, this is probably his last season with Green Bay. I think the Colts make a lot of sense. The Colts are good offense. You have Jonathan Taylor, who's a top-tier running back. Michael Pittman, he's a very physical uh, wide receiver. Um, Carson Wentz has played pretty well this season. But I feel like they're missing kind of that fourth piece, kind of that possession route runner wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton was that way in the past, but he's just – injuries are kind of getting the best of him, unfortunately. Zach Pascal is fine, um, but – I, he's just not elite as a wide receiver. Same with Paris Campbell. I think Devontae Adams would kind of be that missing piece of the offense to not only help Carson Wentz develop, but to help uh, Michael Pittman grow um, continually as a wide receiver. Because if Adams is there, Michael Pittman will be going up against the number two corners instead of the number ones, which he currently is. So I think that would help a lot of the Colts. But I think it would also make sense for Adams to go there. The Colts have a really great culture. If you ask Colts fans, they talk about the culture, culture, culture. That's a really big thing there with Frank Reich, um, you know, the head coach, and then Chris Bauer, the GM. They're just really focused on having a good culture. So I think Adams would make sense. And then the trade move I have them making is them trading for Miami Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard is currently one of the better corners in the NFL. It's like top half. He's someone on that defensive side of the ball who likes to take risks. He's kind of a ball hawk guy, but he's very disciplined. And I feel like that's kind of the Colts defense. People like Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay kind of fit that mold of being disciplined, but yet kind of risky. Um, the Dolphins are kind of in this weird rebuild. I think you could probably send a second rounder this year, maybe a second rounder next year and get Howard. Um, corner is a need for Indianapolis. And then the draft 
pick I have them taking. Um, I just think they need offensive line. The offensive line has been very up and down this season. And I think it's always smart to go offensive line. So that's what I have for the Colts. I think that Adams is definitely realistic. Howard will see. Howard almost got traded the deadline. So the Colts are aggressive. So I could see that. And I think offensive line could help. I think adding kind of that spark to both sides of the ball would help Indianapolis. They're a very stable unit, you know, but I think adding like an extra boost could really uh, help them. Yeah, for sure. I definitely like that. Um, those picks you made, especially the Devontae Adams one, I think mm-hmm. if you could ever get a guy like Devontae Adams on your team, your offense is just going to be that more uh, explosive. I mean, they have Michael Pittman, but I think he's a solid receiver. But I think if you have Devontae Adams, that just helps out Pittman even more um, because Pittman's pretty much the main guy right now. Um, and then you put him in off, um, offense with Jonathan Taylor already in it. And then when they get Quentin Nelson back, their offensive line will be hopefully better. Um, that offense will be uh, really elite. And then the Xavier Howard thing, that would also be great for him because um, they have solid corners. Um, like they have Kenny Moore, but I don't think any of them are like true number one guys, like the guy that can guard the best receiver every week. And I think Howard is that guy. There's an elite ball hawker. Um, and the Dolphins are probably looking to trade him, I would think, um, especially everything that's kind of gone down between them publicly and privately. So I think that's definitely something to look out for. And the offensive line, like, yeah, what you said, I mean, you can never have too many good offensive linemen, especially like when you had Anthony Costanzo, your left tackle retire. I mean, it's always good to just keep rebuilding that um, offensive line for sure. Um, and then hopping into my first team, I have the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are like kind of like the Colts where like, they, yeah, they have the losing record, but they're still a really good team. Um, they just got some of the games uh, just got t- taken away from them because they couldn't close out um, in time. So for my free agent signing for the Vikings, I really want them to go out and get a Son Reddick um, pass rusher. I think Daniil Hunter is an elite pass rusher, but I think they're missing that second guy on the opposite side of him. And I think if you have a guy like Reddick uh, working with Daniil Hunter, it's just going to be really bad for opposing defenses because both of them are they're good pass rushers but what makes them so elite is their speed I mean they'll beat your tackles off the line almost every time so when you have two guys colliding in on each other like that it's just like really it's really scary for opposing uh, offenses um, and Reddick's having a really underrated season I mean he, I believe he has seven sacks on the year um, him and Brian Burns have been playing really good together um I think he's going to be in for a big payday this offseason. I'm surprised he didn't get it last offseason, but he definitely will be this um, offseason. And then for the trade, I have someone who's also been kind of in the trade rumors and a team that probably doesn't really fit the timeline right now, uh, Marcus May of the New York Jets. I think this would be a fantastic pickup for the Vikings because, yeah, they have a guy like Harrison Smith, but having a partner alongside him like a Marcus May would be absolutely fantastic. And that's kind of what this Vikings team needs on defense. I mean, they have elite guys. They have, like, Daniil Hunter. They have Harrison Smith. But they need that opposite guy to kind of balance it out and have offenses be scared to throw it deep or be scared to run the ball or be scared to sit back in the pocket for more than four seconds. So I think Marcus may be a fantastic pickup. Um, he's also been in the trade rumors a little bit, so this isn't too far-fetched, um, especially since he doesn't, like, fit the Jets' timeline. I believe he's kind of on, like, the 27, 28 age so he's kind of out of the age rebuilding range for the Jets um and he's probably been one of the if not the best player on the Jets for the past two years I'd say 
Um, he's just been really fantastic, a great coverage corner, or excuse me, safety, and he's also been a fantastic run stopper, which I think this Vikings defense uh, needs desperately. And then for the draft, um, kind of like what Tanner said, I think they should just go offensive line. I think I like what they got in Christian Derisaw, but I think they need to keep building that offensive line up and because they got, got they got Garrett Bradbury, they got Brian O'Neill, and then they got uh, Christian Derisaw. But I think they could use another guy um, to just kind of round out that offensive line because you can never have too much depth on that offensive line and you can never have uh, good enough players. So that's what I would do to help. Honestly, not a bad Vikings team, just a team that's wins some games that they really shouldn't. Mason, you're a big Hassan Reddick fan. I think that's something I want to throw out this podcast today. Yeah, for sure. He, he yeah, I agree though. He's very underrated. Um, I like that a lot for Minnesota. Uh my next team, I have a making move that's gonna kind of be interesting with the Vikings. I could actually see, and I'll spoil it here, I could actually see Daniel Hunter moving on. I just think the Vikings are kind of in a rebuilding phase. And I could see them maybe moving on from Hunter. He's 27. I could be like, okay, thanks, but time to move on. So I think bringing in Hassan Reddick's good. The Vikings also love their linebackers. You know, um, Anthony Barr is really good. He had a good pick in that Ravens game. Um, and then Eric Kendricks is a very elite middle linebacker. So they really like kind of a linebacker hybrid. So I could see that making sense. Um, you know, we probably could guess that a new head coach would be there next year in Minnesota, and I think whoever is there, you know, would love to get Hassan Reddick, especially if it's like a forward-thinking offensive coach who's like, man, this player's really good on the defense. Um, I really like the Marcus May um, uh, move a lot. He is someone who um, I think is very underrated. I think that you could get him for a good trade value. I could see him, you know, maybe, okay, you get like maybe send a fourth, get Marcus May. I think that's very quietable. And Harrison Smith, I mean, at his prime, he was so fun to watch. But as of recent, he just really hasn't been that way. He's not terrible, but he's kind of more solid than elite. And then I think offensive line's a good idea. So I like that for the Vikings. I think that's something that really kind of fits their mentality because their offense is, is good. So I think defense would be nice. And then going into the Seattle Seahawks, it's a very similar resume um, that I have for them. The Seahawks are a team that's very much Russell Wilson and no one else. That's kind of how things are, unfortunately, for them. So the free agent signing I have them making is Marcus Williams, current free safety for New Orleans Saints. Saints have a lot of cap issues. I could see um, Williams hitting the market. Um, I don't know how the Saints are going to resign him. I just think this makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Seahawks. They have strong safety, Jamal Adams, who is a very good tackle. He's a very more physical safety. He's going to take more of those risks. Sometimes they pay off, sometimes they don't. I think that's why Jamal Adams is so decisive, because he'll take those gambles. They don't pay off all the time. When they do, it's very good. Um, and I think Williams could contrast that with the more safe side of things. He's a lot more disciplined in zone. I think he knows when to kind of move in on things. He's not going to take those risks, but I think he balances out Jamal Adams. One, I think having two elite safeties in the backfield would be very good for the Seahawks because they need secondary. And then the trade I have them making is actually going to be Daniil Hunter. Um, 
you know, on the Vikings. I just think that, um, you know, Neil Hunter is out for the rest of the season. I could see a case where he has already played his last snaps for the Vikings. Um, I think this makes a lot of sense. He's 27. He's kind of towards that, not end, but he, I don't know. I think that he's already kind of peaked. Um, he's still going to be a very good player. And I think the Seahawks um, could use him. They really need a pass rush. And I don't know if Pete Carroll is going to be the next season, but he just kind of seems like a player who'd fit in that um, Seattle defense. Because Seattle is like trying to rebuild this defense by drafting players, but you, you just can't do that. You need to get guys like Marcus Williams and Daniel Hunter in there. And then the draft pick, um, I think they should take kind of like a receiving back mid-round. We've seen a couple times in the draft, like Alvin Kamara four or five years ago, or even Javante Williams last season, current running back of the Broncos, where, you know, we've seen like Kamara with the Saints and Williams with the Broncos that these kind of late-round running backs can be really effective. And I could see that really happening with the Seahawks. Chris Carson, I really like in Madden. He's a great player there. Unfortunately, in real life, injuries have gotten the best of him. Alex Collins is decent, but he's up there in age. And I think the Seahawks could use a receiving back. So I would have them kind of take one mid-late round, kind of develop a piece there. Um, I like the Seahawks offense. You know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, two great players. But I think having kind of a receiving back could add a really nice op- option. So that's what I have um, for Seattle. Yeah, no, I love the um, Marcus Williams analysis and uh, signing because I think he gets a lot of hate from his uh, Minneapolis miracle play. But other than that, he's been a really um, solid safety and he's been a really good coverage safety. I don't think enough people talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, He kind of reminds me of like a young Antoine Bethea where he's kind of just like a ball hawk and all all over the field type of thing. Yeah. I really like that pick a lot, especially with Jamal Adams, a guy who's more aggressive, like you said, but you have Marcus Williams who's a little more disciplined, knows the schemes better. And then you can have Adams kind of roam freely, which would help out both parties um, for sure. And then Daniil Hunter, I mean, that would be a fantastic pickup for the Seahawks. I mean, they, they've they struggled with pass rush for probably the past three or four years. I mean, they got a guy like Carlos Dunlap um last year in the trade who's been okay but he's on the decline of his career and then you have Daniel Hunter who's probably in the middle of his peak um at the moment so I think getting a guy like him would be absolutely huge for that defensive line um especially something that um has been really struggling the past couple years and then I like what you said about the running back too I mean you have Chris Carson who's kind of a downhill pick up the first down running back but if you get a guy like a who's can receive out of the backfield um kind of like a Kamara McCaffrey, maybe not on that level, but some guy that can do that. Even a guy like um, Kenneth Gainwell on the Eagles, he's kind of been that role for them, kind of a receiving uh, running back hybrid for them, or even like a Cordero Patterson this past year, who's been like a running back receiving hybrid. Some guy like that I think would open up the offense um, a lot for them. So I really like that for him. And then hopping into another NFC West team, I'm going to go with the 49ers. Um, the 49ers, I mean, their offense is actually like, when you look at it, it's pretty good. And then you look at their defense and you kind of just wonder why they're bad. And then you kind of dive into deep and then you're like, okay, well, their corners are Josh Norman and Drake Kirkpatrick. So (laughs) I think the free agent signing, I think, uh, this one should be a no brainer if they can go out and get him. I think they should aggressively go for Kyle Fuller and free agency. I think it's a veteran 
corner someone that they need um, desperately because that secondary is getting torched every single week. Um, and it's really their biggest hole in the team is that their corners. I mean, their safeties are solid. They have Jimmy Ward and Jaquiski Tart, but their actual corners are not solid. Um, and Kyle Fuller, he's been a solid corner throughout his career. He's not um, in his peak years, but he's still really solid. And he provides like a veteran leadership. Maybe if they bring in some young, young guys, he can kind of like teach them the ways instead of throwing in a bunch of young guys and telling them to figure it out. So I really like the whole veteran leadership thing. And he's still a really good corner. I mean, you're getting someone who's still got probably another like three or four solid years um, left. And then for the trade, um, this one uh, makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know how willing the Bills would be to trade this guy, but maybe depending on cap space, I think uh, getting a guy like Matt Milano, who's kind of a past coveraging linebacker to put alongside Fred Warner would be absolutely huge. Um, Fred Warner, I think, is one of the best linebackers, if not the best in the league, I think, in middle linebackers. Um, he's absolutely fantastic. But I think you need another guy kind of alongside him to help him out. And I think Matt Milano does that perfectly. I mean, um, he's kind of like that hybrid guy like you were talking about earlier with Anthony Barr, kind of a guy who can do it all. Um, great, depth, amazing in pass coverage, but also a really good run stopper. And if you need him to rush the passer maybe once or twice a game, he can go out and do that. Um, so I really, really like to see him get that. I don't know how realistic that is. Cause I don't know how open, like openly, like the bills want to trade him. but in my scenario, it's like, maybe if they want to free up cap in order to get some other guys, because they are tied down with like Tredavious white, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, um, and guys like that. And then in the draft, I'm going to double down. I'm going to say they should draft a cornerback. Um, I think I, th I like the idea of getting a veteran guy in free agency and then trying to get a young guy in the draft to try to, um, balance it out and basically have Kyle Fuller like teach the ways to the new new young guy and then the new young guy can be that number one in two years but yeah so definitely double down on corners and then try to get like a pass coveraging uh linebacker alongside Fred Warner um would how I would try to fix the 49ers I love these moves Mason I'm gonna be honest the 49ers are such <clears throat> It's such a kind of a weird defense. They play very zone-heavy. They're not very man-based. They play like they're very kind of D-line first. They kind of build um, inside out, if that makes sense. So I think this really makes sense. Kyle Ford makes sense. The 49ers love zone. Um, the 49ers are kind of a team that like, okay, do your job in this moment on both sides of the ball and succeed. And I think Fuller would fit that perfectly, especially that division. We have Cooper Cup. You know, Hopkins, Metcalf, Lockett, Kirk, you're going to need a corner. Like, I think Fuller's a bit more disciplined of a corner. He's very technique-based. Um, so I really love that move. Matt Milano, I could see that definitely. He's a very underrated player. I'm glad you mentioned him. He's kind of a do-it-all guy. I think him and Fred Warner would be a very good tag team. And I think that, you know, the 49ers have a lot of players kind of like Dre Greenlaw, kind of Dre Kirkpatrick, kind of these like outside edge rusher guys in their fine but they're like not elite and I think Matt Milano could add some more poise to that I do like them drafting corner um I could see them maybe moving up for a corner in the draft um maybe like a Derek Stingley Jr that would be really insane but you know this 49ers team I think all the teams we picked are not like terrible like we didn't pick the Texans Lions or Dolphins we kind of picked teams with potential I think San Francisco just kind of needs defensive help I think the offense will take time. I think you keep Sean, Kyle Shanahan for another year and 
trying to go with Trey Lance next season, kind of build up that defense. And then the last team I have is going to be the Carolina Panthers. I remember back a couple of weeks ago, like we did the fourth episode of season two and we did contender pretender. And I was like all in on the Panthers. And um, that has not really been the case since. And they really got blown up by the Patriots. Sam Darnold looks pretty bad. The team I just think is missing a lot. So the free agent signing I'm going to have them making is getting Lane Johnson. Uh, I, there are rumors that the Eagles could be letting Johnson go. He's an offensive lineman. He's a tackle. He's up there in age. Eagles are trying to get younger. I just think that makes a lot of sense. Panthers desperately need offensive line, not only to help Chris McCaffrey get things going behind the line, but to give whoever the quarterback is, you know, some time behind. That offensive line has been a huge downfall for Carolina. I think that would make sense. Johnson, you probably give him a one, two-year deal. I think that makes a lot of sense. And both of us have really addressed offensive line a lot in this segment because it's very important in the NFL. And then we have the trade. This is a very wild one, but I think it makes somewhat sense. So I'm going to go back to the NFC East, and I think the Panthers are going to give up this year's first-rounder, next year's first-rounder, and then um, this year's and next year's second-rounder to send to Washington football team to get Chase Young in return. Um, <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but I think this is somewhat realistic. A lot of times in the past years, we've seen a lot of first-round picks get traded after a season of teams who are not that great. I really think of Minka Fitzpatrick. He was drafted like number nine overall, I think in 2017, 2018. He played fine his rookie year, and then the Steelers traded for him. Same deal with Jamal Adams from the Jets. Goes to the Seahawks. And I think this could happen with Chase Young. I think Chase Young's value has declined. Uh, last season, he showed flashes. Everyone's like, we love Chase Young. I'm like, yeah, he's he's talented. I wasn't that high on him, but he was definitely good. This year, he's really been declining at a very kind of stable rate. He's going down. Uh, Washington, I think, is rebuilding. I think there's a chance Ron Rivera goes. I could see the Panthers adding a piece to the young defense. You have Jamie Chin. You have Brian Burns. Getting someone like Chase Young would really help this team. I could see it happening. It's unrealistic to a degree, but I think the Panthers have shown to be very aggressive, um, and I think this could make a lot of sense for them. And there have been examples of it in the past. And then I have them drafting Brock Purdy in this draft. If the Chase Young trade goes through in this hypothetical situation, they'll probably have a third-round, fourth-round pick as their first selection. I think Purdy would be a good quarterback to take. He's very mobile. He has some nice agility. You can develop him. I think what the Panthers do is, is that you keep Donald for another season and kind of try to develop a guy. I think Purdy has some good potential. So that's what I have to say about the Panthers. Those are my three teams. Mace, I'm interested to hear what you think of this. Yeah, that Chase Young thing is <clears throat> definitely uh, a little crazy, but, like, I don't think it's too crazy because I do, like we said, I think Chase Young, I think he's been a tad bit overrated um, so far in his career. Because he's played good, but, I mean, he's kind of been seen on this level as – I mean, I remember last year, I mean, he was, like, being put on the levels of, like, Miles Garrett and stuff. And I'm like, let's mm -hmm. calm down. And he had five and a half sacks. Like, um, but, no, if I, I think if the Panthers somehow managed to get him, that would be so a great pickup for him, especially putting alongside Brian Burns. I mean, 
that's probably the best young pass rushing duo we have seen in a very long time. Um, and then I love the Lane Johnson uh, pickup. I think the Eagles probably are maybe looking to move on just because he is, he does have his injury concerns and he's also getting up there in age. Um, but I still think he's a great uh, tackle. And then the Brock Purdy thing I really like because, like you said, if they have a late-round pick, maybe they go out and get a guy in the third, fourth round who can kind of learn for a couple of years and then you see what you got. So I really like that, especially because, I mean, while we're talking about the Panthers, I think Sam Darnold is – I think that's one of the most disappointing things so far this year is mm-hmm. how, how bad he's played, <laughs> especially because he had such a great start. And then it's kind of just like it's like oh he's a, oh it's Sam Darnold without Adam Gase and it's like oh he's the same quarterback, um, but yeah, I really like what you said about the Panthers. Definitely a young team, but I think they have a lot of good building blocks that they can work with, like DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and stuff like that. But hopping into the Giants, um, my free agent signing someone who honestly it's like 50-50, I think if you'll hit free agency because. Um, the franchise tag is a horrible thing in sports. They need to get rid of that. But that's a whole other topic. Um, Brandon Scherf of the football team, offensive guard. I actually think he got franchise tagged this past year because the football team didn't want to pay him what he really deserves. And, you know, they kept him. But I think if the Giants could get a guy like that for their offensive line, it would be massive because they go out and draft guys and they're okay. But I think if they get a proven veteran, it'll just help out Daniel Jones that much more because I think Daniel Jones has had really good games this year. Um, and then talking about the trade I would make um, this one a little under the radar, but I definitely think this is realistic. Um, I think this is my most realistic trade by far. I think Trey flowers um, of the lions edge rusher, the lions are zero and eight Trey flowers really does not fit that timeline of the rebuilding um, aspect. And I think the Giants need a proven uh, pass rusher. I mean, they got guys like Aziz Lujalarie, who's really good, but still a young uh, guy nonetheless. But you have a guy like Trey Flowers come in who's proven to be good, a veteran guy. I think that would uh, help out the defensive line that much more. And talking about the draft, I really think they need to go out and get a pass coveraging linebacker. Um, I'm not really sure who that would be. Um, but I definitely think they need a linebacker who can cover because they have guys like Blake Martinez who are okay in coverage, but they're more he's more suited in run stopping and in the run game. So I think if they can get a linebacker, someone in that second uh in the middle level, um, that can cover like tight ends or something like that, I think that would help out their defense a lot. Because I think their secondary is really solid. And I think obviously if they get Trey Flowers, their defensive line would be more solid, but then that leaves their linebackers. So yeah, I definitely think they can go out and get uh, maybe like a middle linebacker who's known for his coverage in the draft. Yeah, I really like that, Mason. I think that is probably the most realistic part of all three of these. I think your Giants picks and my Colts picks are probably the most realistic to happen. I really like Brandon Scherf going to the Giants. It looks like Washington's kind of going on a decline. Giants are kind of going up, which is interesting. I think Scherf would really fit there. Like you said, out of offensive lineman just haven't panned out. Andrew Thomas has been very disappointing in the need offensive line. If you want Saquon to work there, you need that. Um, I do like the Trey Flowers trade a lot. I think he's kind of an underrated player. Lions are trying to get younger. I could see that happening a lot. And he really fits that Joe Judge defense because Joe Judge used to coach in the Patriots. Trey Flowers 
was a Patriot. That just makes a lot of sense for me. You know, the Patriots and, you know, Joe George likes these defensive players kind of in different positions and like nickel formations. I can see Trey Flowers kind of being a hybrid plan and I like them drafting linebackers. So, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that'll do it for this first segment. That was a lot of fun to talk about, kind of how we would improve some bad teams. Now, I want to go to MVP. Now, it's kind of interesting how this has gone because when I first talked about this, I had Russell Wilson winning it. And then the next week, he goes and gets injured. And then I say it's Aaron Rodgers, and then everything goes down with him. So it seems like whoever I say, something happens with them, unfortunately. It's like the MVP curse. Um, but in all <laughs> seriousness, um, I think this is a very hard award to pick. I think kind of the quarterbacks you have in consideration are Stafford, Dak, Brady, Kyler, Allen, Jackson. Um, the thing, though, with, you know, like the Brady, the Dak, the Kyler, the Allen, the Staffords, they all have very great talent surrounding them. So it's like, how do you separate them? That's really tough to do. Um, Lamar Jackson, possibly, um, you know, as a Ravens fan, he's been very good this season. He's definitely developed as a passer. But I'm going to go with a different award. This is going to be one that's a very unique one. And I think when you look at MVP, it's who's the most valuable player to that team and who's also been one of the best players. And I think that really fits Miles Garrett this season. I think Miles Garrett has been very great for the Browns. This offense has been up and down. OBJ no longer on the team. That whole drama. Yes, the running game's been good. But I feel like that Garrett just has helped that defense so much win a lot of low-scoring games. You think back to games like the Bears and the Vikings where Garrett was such a huge impact. Even in their losses, he's such a great player. Like, um, this past game um, – you know, two weeks ago against the Steelers, he was great. This past week against the Bengals, he was dominant. I think he's really been a very valuable player to them. He's also been dominant. I think he's clearly the best defensive player this season. So I think he wins it. I could see kind of a thing where, you know, kind of, you know, Dak, Brady, all these other great quarterbacks get, get votes. But I think it's really hard to separate who's who because they all have great supporting cast, all different Kyler, you know, is more on the run. Allen's more of a big arm guy. Brady and Dak are more in rhythm. It's really hard to separate them. I think there's a chance Miles Garrett could win it. Um, and that is kind of what I could see also is that TJ Watt's been really great defensively, which, you know, um, so I could see where thinking with Miles Garrett wins MVP and then like TJ Watt wins defensive part of the year. I think that would be kind of a cool thing to happen. But that's who I have. Um, Mace, I'm interested to hear what you think of that and who your pick is. Uh, it's a really uh, unique, unique take. I like it a lot. Um, I think defensive players do need more love. And I think Miles Garrett is, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's on pace to bring the single season sack record. So whether he does that or not, he's been fantastic this year. He's been you can't you you can't block him. It's just it's just very hard. So you have to get two or three guys on him, um, which opens it up even for his other uh, teammates. So I mean that shows how valuable he is. Um, but no, I really like what you said about that. And then for my MVP, if as of now it would be like Derrick Henry, but like talking about the future, it can't be just because he hasn't played or he won't play enough. But like I just want to talk about Derrick Henry just because he did go down with an injury. Um, he was playing phenomenal football. I mean, 
the Titans literally ran him into the ground, which kind of sucks. But um, I think if you want to talk about like most valuable, I think he was so valuable to that team because Julio Jones, he's been injured. He's been kind of disappointed, not kind of, he's been very disappointing this year. Um, AJ Brown's kind of been also disappointing. He has like, he has a good game every other week. And then Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill, I think, has also been very disappointing. And I think what really has been helping that Titans offense was um, Derrick Henry. I mean, I feel like I, I looked at the stat sheet and the score and like the Titans scored 30 points. I'm like, oh, Ryan Tannehill probably three touchdowns. I'm like, oh, Derrick Henry had like 180 rushing yards and like three touchdowns and averaged like six yards a carry. Um, so he was on pace for me to win MVP. He was just playing out of his mind. Um, but no, I kind of like your pick with Miles Garrett because um, that makes me feel better about my pick now. Um, my pick is um, Cooper Cup, wide receiver of the Rams. I think he has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and maybe that's credit to Stafford, but if you just actually watch Cooper Cup play, I mean, yeah, I don't even know how you guard him. He's been so amazing this year. I mean, he's on pace to break every like single receiving record right now. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he through nine games he already has a thousand receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, he might be the first player in NFL history to break that 2000 yard mark. So I actually really like your pick with miles Garrett because mine is also not a quarterback because um, I wanted to change it up a little bit, but Cooper cup, I don't think this is very realistic because I don't think receivers will ever get a chance to win. Like I think defensive players do have somewhat of a chance, but I don't think wide receivers really do. Um, but not enough things to say about Cooper Cup. I mean, his route running is phenomenal. His release off the line is ridiculous. Um, he catches the ball, and then, like, there's a guy around him, and he somehow breaks the tackle and gets another 15 yards. It's just ridiculous. Um, I feel like every time I turn on, the like, the, the TV, I see Cooper Cup has a new 80-yard touchdown. It's just ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, he's playing absolutely out of his mind. So I would give that – uh, award to him I don't think it's gonna happen um but I would uh in my hypothetical world I would give it to him yeah um a couple of years back I heard a comparison that Cooper Cup's all like Larry Fitzgerald and I remember thinking I can kind of see that and now you can really see it. like Larry Fitzgerald in his prime is like Cooper Cup just great route running it's hard to protect them I really love that pick to be honest I think that's something that's realistic just because the quarterbacks are really tough to separate I think that, you know, if anyone wanted for the QV, it would be a cool narrative like Brady winning with a new team, Dak after his injury, I think him winning it, uh, Allen winning it for the Bills, they haven't had an MVP since like Thurman Thomas, Kyler winning it would be cool, you know, Lamar again would be neat, but I really like our selections, and it's very interesting if MVP plays out, because I feel like if Dak wins it, then Joe Burrow probably wins comeback player of the year you know, or something kind of of that nature. Like, there's a lot of interesting things with the awards. But, yeah, I like Cooper Cup, that selection a lot. I think that the Rams have good offensive pieces, but Cooper Cup's really helped this offense, Um, you know. So I really love that selection, and he's just been great. He's having his breakout campaign. Um, But, yeah, I think that's good for MVP. I think a lot of the other awards are very simple, like offense rookie of the year is probably Jamar Chase. Defense would use probably Micah Parsons, you know, offensive player of the year. I feel like if it's not cup, it'll probably be him for that. Um, I do have another question though, Mason for offensive rookie of the year. It's probably going to be Jamar Chase, but who do you think would should get like second place? I know they don't do that, but would you have like Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts, like who Mac Jones, like who would your second place guy be? 
Um, so my third place guy would be uh, Najee Harris, but my second place guy, um, I talk about him all the time on this podcast, I feel like, but um, my second guy would be Rashawn Slater. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think he would – I don't think, again, I don't think an offensive lineman would ever win it just because they don't get enough credit. Um, but he's been so phenomenal, and he's transformed that offensive line to very, very talented. And you just look at the – you look at the film, you look at the stats, I mean – it's hard to get past him and he's just been phenomenal for him so i definitely go with sean slater as like my runner up because jamar chase is for sure the front runner right now i can see Rashawn slater gaining respect i think kind of offensive linemen have become a lot more valuable because of kind of some of the lack of it um yeah um i think that's really interesting how he's kind of been this breakout plan how kind of quiet kyle pitts has been like pitts has been good but i don't know it's it's going to be interesting to see how he pans out. Um, I'm trying to – I think Mac Jones, honestly, should get consideration. He's been great. Uh, maybe Justin Fields gets in there the more the season goes on. Um, how about defensive rookie year? I think Micah Parsons is going to win it, but who do you have in, like, second place? For defensive rookie of the year, that, that's it's a little tough. Um, gosh, that really is tough. Who would Jujers be? I'll say Patrick Sertain. Yeah, I think that the Broncos' defense has helped them win games, especially with that Cowboys win. I just feel like he would kind yeah. of be my choice. Or Sante Samuel for the Chargers. He's been quiet as of late, but he had a really good start to the season. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go certain too. Um, I really like J.C. Horn before he got hurt. I think he was on pace to make some noise in the conversation, but um, Sertain's definitely played really well. And Asante Samuel, I like what you said about him too. He's he had a really strong start to the year. Not as uh loud as he was at the beginning of the year but i mean he's a rookie it, it, you're not going to be consistent i mean all 17 games i mean jamar chase just had a bad game this past week so um but yeah i like the certain pick a lot i think he's um i think he's played really good for the broncos actually i mean him and fuller i really kind of formed into a nice duo um i think the broncos are like i said earlier probably gonna move on from him though because i think certain will probably take that number one role this yeah. upcoming year but definitely like that pick I could see May Sertain winning it because I feel like you look at the voting, a lot of people are focused on Trayvon Diggs, you know, for the Cowboys, and he's been good. You know, is he elite? No, but he's good. And I could see a world where maybe Michael Parsons, people kind of forget about him. I know this sounds weird, but I wonder if the Broncos make the playoffs maybe that if Pat Sertain really starts to get involved there, I, I could see that happening where he wins it. He's been really great. Um, and then comeback player of the year, um, I remember I said this to you, but I think that you can make a good case that Joe Burrow could win over Dak Prescott. You know, I think a lot of people have come back played a year, the debate, like, what's the worst injury? Both were terrible, but I think it's also the bounce back. Dak, we kind of knew who he was. He was a pretty good franchise guy. Was he elite? Was he not? That was the main question, but people he knew he was pretty good. Yes, he's played great this season. But Joe Burrow got injured like halfway through his rookie year. Rookie is super important, and he's bounced back this season. I also think he's done a better job this season. I think Dak's been a better quarterback, but Dak has also had a very good supporting cast. And I think what Joe Burrow's done made the Bengals competitive. I think that really speaks a lot of measures. So, you know, he's kind of the heart and soul of that Bengals team. It seems like when he plays well, the Bengals win when he doesn't, they lose. So I, I think Dak will win it. And I just think that if he does, he deserves it. But I, I think you could argue Joe Burrow. I'm interested to see what you, what, what's your stance from there. 
No, yeah, I definitely like that. Um, that point where we kind of knew Dak was going to bounce back probably to his old form. Um, but with Joe Burrow, I mean, we barely got to see him in his rookie year and he played okay in his rookie year, but then he comes out after this injury and he's playing really good. So I think um, there's a good point for that. I think it will go to Dak just because I think the injury revolving around Dak was just such a big storyline the past year and coming into this year. It's it's like kind of just a narrative. Like mm-hmm. he had the worst injury by far last year, like Alex Smith type injury where he absolutely destroyed his ankle and then he just came back and basically played on MVP level. Um, so I think that's why he's going to win. I think that story is going to run away with it. But I really like what you said where like the, the Dak injury was horrible, but I, I don't think any of us doubted that he would not be the same Dak um that came back but then when Joe Burrow were like I don't know because we really didn't see much from him and then he got injured so will he be the same player but then he came out and uh improved a lot so I really like that um point thanks yeah and it's gonna be interesting to see how the awards to now uh turn out anyways everyone that'll do it for this episode Mason is going to join me for the predictions so we'll be talking about the feature games there if y'all want to check that out They'll actually probably be uploaded by now. Um, But thank you all so much for watching. Enjoy this week of football. Until then, everyone.